faster than a speeding bullet, it's Cave Crisis, the comic book podcast every week here on the Laser Time Podcast Network. I am your host, Henry Gilbert, and that is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Goodness. Yeah. Wow. And I am in control of the soundboard once again. Chris is impressed with Brand new day. Hey, Chris Antista. Hi. I'm back this week. I'm sure I was not missed that much. Oh no! Everybody miss you. Actually, <laughs> but I read well, something. So there were very few comments on last week's episode in general. So I can't tell if people missed you or not. <laughs> uh, actually, no. One person did say, "Hey, Henry did a great job on the soundboard. Give it up, Chris." That's, okay, <laughs> with pleasure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you took a week off to finally read some comic books. So, cool. One comic book oh, specifically. Boy. Well, um, somebody who I know has read more comic books is our third man, Brett Elston. But. Hi! Welcome back again, Brett. <laughs> Hi. This is the first time I've been here, I think, when the sun was up. I know. Well, Ooh. and wow, especially to have it when the sun is up, with the daylight saving time being oh Being awful and stupid and wrong. What the hell? I, I don't like it, it when it gets dark. It gets dark, dark. at 3.30 in the yeah. afternoon. The only now. thing I like about it now is that, like, okay, Halloween's over, and now it feels like winter all the time after mm. 3 o'clock? Uh, I don't know. I feel energized by this crisp November weather. It did, I, it did drop, like, 10 degrees a day. Yeah. This night comes sooner, and it gets colder. Well, it's also just feels like San Francisco finally heard. Oh, it's fall. We should we should be cold now. Yeah, finally, this was like the hottest damn. Riding my bike over here, even just in the daytime, was like this wind is brisk. Yeah, it's I know. crisp it's, fall air. Uh, God, it was like the hottest summer ever in San Francisco. But enough, <laughs> the weather, you guys. Enough about the weather report, guys. I seriously have read too many things to waste time too talking about the weather. Too many things. Well, let's get into like the let's talk about the single issues first because I think we all read a bunch of new uh, Marvel things at the very least today. Right? Uh, of course. I read Deadpool, Deadpool number one. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Duggan's Deadpool number one. Yeah, so he's back on the project. That mm-hmm. team didn't shake up outside of losing a Poston. Yeah, well, uh, he's a busy guy who probably gets paid a whole lot more to do yes. things than write Deadpool. He's busy punching up talking raccoons for, uh, <laughs> for a million dollars. bad Blue Sky and DreamWorks movies. No offense to Brian Posen. What if he said? What if he farted when he wasn't on screen? <laughs> what about that? Uh, it just like I was incredibly confused by whatever new status quo was in place and how mm-hmm. how Deadpool is now heading the Avengers and the Tony Stark of the Avengers and has and also a head of Heroes for Hire. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's a it's kind of a meta comment of how popular Deadpool <laughs> yeah. has become that he's popular enough to uh, pay for the entire Avengers to yeah. exist uh, for Captain America's Avengers to exist. That all the Avengers have a new. I'm used to having new Avengers teams that are a new status quo, but now the new Avengers teams. There's no team that lives in the in Stark's mansion. Nobody lives there. Like they. They all they live in a places. building that Deadpool finances. Yeah. How is he financing it? Uh, Deadpool merch. merch everybody loves Deadpool now. That's um, the thing too, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, everybody loves Deadpool. He's being interviewed by George Stephanopoulos and says, are you worried about tarnishing the legacy of the Avengers? And a Disney says, company. But no, that's Hawkeye's job. And... <laughs> Ha ha ha! Deadpool, you are the living end. Um, I was just, I was just because they do reference something. I think they're referencing something crazy that he does in Secret Wars, and that's yeah, something must have. Well, but he's not alive. He's not one of the living characters in Secret is he not? Wars, though. No, well, I mean, he's there, but the ones who survived the old universe, the, he's the raft not one members. of them. Yeah, he's not one of the raft guys. I, again, I'm really was really confused by that because it's like. It's, this is all entertaining, but like, when are you going to tell me why this happens? Tune in next week. Well, everything is eight months later, and so it's all this crazy new status quo that makes you go, "How did we get here? How did how did Spider Woman get pregnant? How did uh, how did Peter Parker?" Well, own Henry, when two people love each other very uh, much, 
Uh, but I wonder if she's going to lay a big egg and then have um, then save a pig's life. I believe Luke right? Cage wants to now kill uh, Deadpool because of taking over Heroes for Hire. Oh, that's nice. Um, I like that. Yeah. Boy, it's funny. The the situation Luke Cage is in, I wonder if this will change when his comic or his TV show comes out. But when Bendis was in charge of every book, Luke Cage was like an A-lister character yeah, who was yeah. in everything. Now he's kind of not in much, actually. I think that'll probably change as he move forward the Netflix series, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's like a—he seems to be a co-star of the Jessica Jones series. Yes. He's, he's all over the ads for it. Uh, but so you think you're going to stick with Deadpool? You're going to read more? I mean, it's—it's. It's, 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 I'm not. I'm only frustrated by like the continuity, not because it's not funny. It's mm-hmm. like clearly got the same touch as the last one. Deadpool has a bunch of other members, not Deadpool core, but a bunch of other people playing mm-hmm. him around the country. Oh, that's uh, great. It's. It just—it's really bizarre to like just throw some. I don't—you know what I'm talking. You've read a bunch of the number ones. They kind yeah. of just throw you into a weird situation. I'm like, well, when yeah. the fuck is this going to resolve? Well, that's or when I'm going to find out anything? That's what Howard the Duck one does. Mm. That it it shows you a bunch of moments that are like, oh, he had this giant battle that I never saw and won't get any details on, and <laughs> and now Aunt May is his secretary. Like, it's seriously, Aunt, it's Aunt Man. And <laughs> why? Oh, I get it. That's one letter away. One letter from... off superheroes. I get it. Uh, that should be our next feature. No, the, yeah, so I read <laughs> Howard the Duck number one again, the new Howard the Duck number one. <laughs> and it's a really fun book. It uh, it Howard the Duck is a depressing character, though. They, they Let me say thank you to David that. for that comic code, by the way. Oh, yeah, and thank, uh, thank you. You know who you are who gave me the codes, too. I don't know if they want to be named, but mm-hmm. thank you very much. But Howard the Duck one is a great resuming of things though there's also no explanation of of why aunt may is his secretary now but hey you'll you'll find out later and then there's also a bit with like man thing is mentioned in it and and also you've seen gravity falls right i did uh i have the character of seuss on gravity falls somebody basically the the artist basically draws him into it Hmm. like seuss just shows up oh michael left you gravity falls by the way oh damn i forgot Mm -hmm. about that i I will totally play that um but also in Howard the Duck, it is the introduction of this character that seems like a joke by Chip Zdarsky on how Marvel is kind of just publishing fan fiction now to get to be more popular. He created the character of Gwenpool, which is an alternate <laughs> universe Gwen Jesus. Stacy, who is Gwen Deadpool. Oh my god! And he is like really working hard on making <laughs> her obvious, but funny too. And it. Uh, one of the best jokes in it, to show you how it's written for the internet generation, guys, was that Gwenpool steals something from Black Cat, real name Felicia, and when she leaves, she says, bye, Felicia. Oh, wow. But it's a reference to <laughs> bye, Felicia, not... Then Black Cat goes, wait, do I know you? But mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a good joke. Uh, I like that. Same with Howard the Duck had to face a dude who was saying, like, you're some illegal alien taking my job. Right. It was a good. It was a good little book. It's five bucks, which uh, man, those four ninety nines. Yeah, but it it is. I mean, it's like forty pages. So obviously, those extra eight, eight pages worth a dollar. Oof. It was. But I also read Drax number one, and I won't be buying Drax number two. <laughs> I, <laughs> what happened? Look, I buy it on a dollar sale, but you it's, fucked up. Yeah, so I bought it, of course, to be within my brand because it's CM Punk's new comic book that he's co-writing with Colin Bunn. And what I said was that, like, I I worry this is going to be like his UFC career where because of his name recognition, he's being thrown to the top of a thing he wants to do. Right. He's not learning the ropes of how to be a comic book writer. And so 
there are just pages of like these two pages didn't need to be here like he walked through the desert and you just had whole page walk through the desert like there's a rule of comic writing i'd heard which is whatever you're doing on the page by the end of the page a state change needs to happen like something about the status has to have changed by the next page but when it's like three pages of walking through the desert or just silence or like this joke should have been three panels not two pages mm. it, it's just it really needs to be condensed that's something a, a new comic writer doesn't know i don't think it and seems like some editors should be aware well maybe they're afraid to tell cm punk what to do and he's like hey i'm cm punk and you're selling this i'm the my best name. in the world exactly. <laughs> yes he will definitely fight them and hurt yeah. them if they... uh but in, it's also just a weird situation that he's writing um drax the destroyer batista's character yeah Though it also annoys me of just, hmm. like, this happened in the Ant-Man number one, two, mm-hmm. that they've had to reset both him. Uh, Ant-Man and Drax had kind of just a slight but a noticeable personality reset to be closer to their movie characters. Mm-hmm. They're not saying the past didn't happen, right? but it's just like, you weren't this way before, and they have a hand wave to say, oh, well, he's this way now because of that, fine, but mm-hmm. that's not what Drax was, man. Same with an Ant-Man, like... They had to basically reset his daughter to be not superpowered, right. which to me is a fan of uh, Young Avengers. Yeah, stature is annoying. I was like, so that she's no that is that like retconned or something? Uh, or? No, she her heart was stolen, which had all her pin particles in it, and so they had to replace all of her blood, and so she just has no powers anymore. But this isn't in well, maybe there's an because I read the number one from like several months ago uh-huh. when he had a young young daughter. Yes, this oh, is that's Scott new... Lang though. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's Scott Lang. It's still Scott okay. Lang. She came back to life and then she died again, and now <laughs> and then they replaced her heart with a new normal person heart. But she seems heart. super young in the number one from like when the movie came out. Not yeah. not young Avengers age. Now she's like. I think she's written like she's 15, maybe now. In, I don't, the, in this new I granted, the Young Avengers thing is like 10 years ago, so I don't remember it. It doesn't make much well. sense. But also, like, there's this tense relationship between them where she's like, man, he doesn't even care anymore. And I thought, like, no, I'm sorry, Cassie. You died bringing him back to life. You love him that much. There yeah. would not be this problem. That, that just annoyed me. But, mm. whoa, hey. <laughs> but I, I wish it would have triggered a random sound effect. Uh, only. <laughs> yes. Let's pretend it's uh, walking through the there. desert music right there. That's Spider-Man driving. Well, once it's again. funny to mention that because Spider-Man <gasps> and Cars oh, oh, figures oh. into Amazing Spider-Man 3, which I also read, uh, which was just a really cool... So Peter Parker bought the Baxter building. There's still mm-hmm. no explanation of yeah. why the Fantastic Four broke up and why Reed and Sue and their kids are nowhere to be found. But Human Torch gets pissed off that Spider-Man steal, like... He's like, Spider-Man stole the Baxter building. But I don't want to spoil it for you. It's full of, like, multiple surprises. I, I really like that. It feels like Slot is staggering out all these surprises. Like, no, there's this new status quo, too. Mm. And then this one. And then this one. And, of course, there's there's also a page in there which I won't spoil the exact circumstances of it. But it's basically Dan Slot saying, saying out loud to the reader, The Fantastic Four should still be around. And I promise you they will be back someday, but uh-huh. they're just not here right now. And yeah. that sucks, huh? Mm. But it's it's him saying, yeah, they'll, they'll be back. Come on, guys. Everybody. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to read the Guardians, because don't all my favorite Fantastic Four members get shot up to space with yeah. the... Uh, uh, just well, just thing. Yeah. I thought, oh, Torch is where? He's with he's the Inhumans. Inhumans. And the New Avengers. Mm. He's uh-huh. double teaming it. Or no, wait, sorry. The Uncanny Avengers. He's on Uncanny yes. Avengers. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it doesn't make much sense. But I, I love Dan Slott writing Human Torch and Spider-Man. Considering series. he's famously neither of those things. Yeah, that makes sense. Like Avenger sense. or Mutant. Yeah, but it's that fine. Makes sense. It's fine. Oh, there was a funny actually Drax had one really good joke in the first page, which was it starts on a regular Guardian's mission. And so the thing says it just starts with it's clobbering time. He just says it. And then Venom says, Boy, that that doesn't get old hearing it all the time. <laughs> and then I and then Groot says, I am Groot. And then Venom says, This is hell, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's all the Marvel stuff I read. Brett, did you read any Marvels? I read uh, Uncanny Six Hundo. Whoa! Which I, delayed I, like five months. Yeah. So I kind of how I, gay is Iceman? He's so that's. <laughs> well, it's spoiled, spoiled by the advocate, by the way. So it's but. well. I mean, like I there's a really good line in it. I, well, what's interesting about Six Hundred is it, it's like uh, there's this. All the mutants gathered. Well, not all of them, but many mm-hmm. of the mutants. Most of the student-related mutants, right? Uh, including Scott's team, uh, Cyclops' team, and Uncanny All New yeah. and the side. So, yeah, they all join up and basically go to Beast in like an intervention style. Like you keep fucking with time and space, <laughs> and you're trying to solve a problem that we don't have, or you're making it worse, and you don't tell anyone, you don't talk to anyone. So like Kitty Pride comes back from space to be like, you have to stop, and he basically yells at them. And then it keeps flashing back to like, you know, twenty minutes prior to this meeting, and it shows what each of those teams were doing. Ah. And one of the things that they're talking about is a uh, uh, young Iceman and Jean Grey, young Jean Grey, both going to talk to modern Iceman, and he's just like, so you know, I always had like, I realized I'm gay and I'm comfortable with that, but that means you're gay. <laughs> that means you're gay, future me. Yeah, and and he's just like. No, come on. And they finally like kind of corner him and he's just like, "Look, you know, I I was like super young and I had to already be a mutant and be a teenager to add gay on that was just like like <laughs> Yeah, I I saw and, and then he like cries an ice tear. He cr- little ice thing falls out, but then he's but then when you think it's going to be the next line is going to be this touching moment, uh young Iceman walks up and he's like, "I just want to know one thing." Mhm. Angel's really hot, isn't he? And, he? and old Iceman is like, yeah, he's so hot. Like, and so that's kind of them oh. kind of realizing together, like, we like we are the same person. Like, yes, I've been kind of fi- hiding it this whole time because to be a mutant in the Marvel Universe is already, that's what the allegory is for, yeah. is to just be not quote-unquote normal person. Uh, societal mm-hmm. cast-out. Yeah, something that someone, whoever it is that's just, that is getting put down and dismissed, Mm-hmm. Uh, or taken advantage of, and that's what the X Men are supposed to be that allegory for. Um, and this is them kind of like, yeah, okay, I'm out. Like, I'm out. Yeah, it would be difficult for him to be like, well, okay, I'm still in the closet, but sure. my young self is like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay. Oh, Which is weird though, because like Jean Grey like kind of forces the issue, and well, she she does it twice. She does it there, mm-hmm. and she talks to Young Beast again later too. And it's like she's coming off as really like using her powers to like read people. Yeah. Like a lot, like so which did, is like you're not allowed in here. I heard, yeah, that's not great. And I did, I read a good defense for at least the situation with Iceman, where in the original time where she said to young Iceman, "Hey, you're gay," and like I think that's the same. While she technically had a telepathic help, mm-hmm. I think it's the same as like this happens in life, where just a friend who knows you goes like. Dude, come on! You're gay. You're not. Right. I know. Quit pretending to be 
interested in this woman. Like mm-hmm. we we all know you're gay. Like that happens. I that do happens not appreciate like... hearing that every fucking time. By the way, <laughs> uh, quit quit pretending, I'm, Chris. I, heart wants what it wants. Let's see. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm doing that. I'm doing sitcom laughter too much. But uh, yeah, that no. The issue itself was pretty good. Uh, the the very is very a big deal. Does a big deal thing happen? Like a status so, quo change? So it, I, isn't this like the X Men have been infighting for like what like years, half a decade? Many now? many years. I'd and, say twenty years or something. Yeah, but, pretty much yeah. since the yeah, but that, that, that but specifically of like Wolverine and the X Men and yes, schism. Yes, specifically yes. schism goes back to like 2011, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and then AVX was 2012. So. Yep. Pretty much, that's kind of the era where this very pronounced schism mm-hmm. took place. Mm-hmm. But the, so the way this issue, the way this issue ends, which I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't want to spoil it, I mean, it's kind of getting too late for that. But mm-hmm. uh, I didn't understand the like literal last two pages because it involved a time traveler talking to Beast after the fact, and mm-hmm. it was very much like a I don't entirely understand what that meant, but. What happens is Cyclops like gets everybody to go to the White. Uh, I think it's yeah, uh, White House or it might be Lincoln Memorial. Okay. Uh, steps gathers all the mutants, presumably that are left on Earth, and everybody gathers in the same place at the same time. And Cyclops is standing up there and saying like, "Hey, this was supposed to be, you know, a year a year ago. I was the one calling for a revolution. I was the one saying we should fight. I was the one saying this, that, or whatever. And I've been instigating a lot of conflicts. And now I'm making a point again." Here we all are. Here is every mutant. And it kind of shows panels of like, it's Dupe. It's this villain. It's that villain. It's this hero. And they're all standing there together. And it's like, because people have always been afraid of us because they're always afraid of like, what happens when they unite and try to overthrow everybody? And it's like, here we all are, united, not fighting. And then you see Magneto floating in from the sky. Ooh. And everyone's like, oh, shit. And Magneto Aww. lands and is like, have you lost your mind? And he's like, but uh, Charles would have loved this. And then Cyclops <laughs> smiles, and his eyes start glowing, and then it just like goes to white. And it's almost like that's the happy mm. ending the X-Men were always after. Yeah. Like, they finally showed... Well, that's pre-Secret War? I think, yes, pre-Secret Wars. Yeah. It's all pre-Secret Wars, because it was supposed to be published before Secret Wars. Right. Mm. But they held it for some reason. Yeah. So then the the, the last thing is, yeah, this time-traveling girl who was introduced in uh, Uncanny... Right. ...who can make bubbles of time oh yeah yeah i remember her. she yeah. can she talks to beast and yeah it's just kind of a cryptic ending i think intentionally of course mm-hmm. but uh boy that's such a happy ending because that it was like, nice like i actually was like i skipped like probably five or six issues in a row yeah and then read the previous one and then 600 it was good but so then extraordinary x-men came out today too which i, I haven't read yeah, yet I but it is the one that's like the terrigen mists have happened now right most at mutants are off planet the ones that are there, a lot of them are poisoned or sterilized. Like yeah. things are worse for mutants now than ever. Though this is stepping on the news real quick, but mm. I did see confirmation that X Men, or sorry, the X Men are becoming part of the Toy Biz Legends line again. Like they announced oh, no. some new X Men figures in there, which seem man, they seem to be under an embargo of some. You will not sort believe how many Marvel Legends toys I got rid of in the last <laughs> in the last months. Uh, <laughs> really. Yes. And we should talk about that some other time, mm-hmm. I think. But because I want to tell you guys, too, I read some other books. I read, I mentioned Superman 45 last week, but the one thing I didn't mention was that I swear in it they have a Hood Slam reference. Like they're in, so we knew that the writer, Gene, I'm just going to say because I totally butchered his name last episode. The, the oh, writer of it, Gene, lives in, this, in the Bay Area. Ooh. And in the story, Superman goes 
is looking for somebody in Oakland, mm-hmm. oh, wow. and he goes to an underground fighting league oh, in wow. and like when it just showed the lineup outside to go in mm-hmm. there, I was like, "This is this is lining up for this Hood is real. Slam. I am yeah, this, this is real." Is, the the woman so it is it is supposed to be a blood sport but it is the woman who presents the thing is also saying this is real wow. like she's That's, she's saying you can't get any more on the nose drugs bunny in there no no <laughs> oh, I love drugs bunny uh, same company uh, actually so it's a it's actually a, it's a Filipino woman who is oh. sharing uh, who is having gods recreate uh, legends of Philippine no history what what is happening it's very i'm sure there's a sentence in here somewhere okay a woman from the philippines runs it and the people who wrestle there are gods Uh of philippine origin filipino origin filipino origin and they have mythical fights in front of this army yeah Uh, let's move on and they speak philippinese i i know that's tagalog i know that (laughs) Uh, oh, and I also read. I finished off Sharted Empire. Ooh, Sharted Empire. Yeah, the wait, is it over? Star Wars Shattered Empire. It's only four issues. Oh, okay. And all I four should go back and check them out. It was really cool to read. Uh, obviously, now you realize you're reading about characters who will be the parents of a dude in the Force Awakens. Mm. But it also was just. It really did feel magical seeing these scenes of like, this is. The month after the end of Jedi, it's, and it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think it's starting to get bizarre how much mm. Disney is filling in that gap because that last Battlefront trailer, oh is yeah, just like everything Endor post post Jedi, holy shit, holy shits, mm. and I couldn't believe they were doing it here. Did you see the biggest Star Wars Force Awakens spoiler that came out this week? Uh, Brett might not want to hear that, and neither will people. But it, and you'll definitely hate where it comes from. Do you, what, are you talking about the battery commercial? The fucking battery commercial. Yeah. The battery yeah, commercial. Really. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. I'm trying to avoid anything. So it's a, uh, it's a. You know what? Fuck those commercials. I'm, I'm getting t- kind of tired of like in in continuity. Let's placate everyone's love for Star Wars. But this, yeah. but this also like. It shown, showed several things I've only seen by clicking on illicit images. Yeah. Are all shown in this in this uh, oh, fucking yeah. Duracell battery well, commercial. That, oh. So that commercial made me feel for poor J.J. Abrams, who he just wants to surprise yeah. people with a story. But he has a million, he has million dollar deals all around and that yeah. want to spoil it at every turn. And but he has to tell also, all these corporations, like, don't post this, don't post this. Thinking conversely, and Brett knows this working on projects of that nature... What if that was the reveal? Yeah. What if it's like on this date? This yeah. is when you'll see. We'll see three PO's arm offici- yeah. officially. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's been hidden. No, same deal with um. What was another one? Oh well, it, this isn't an, this isn't mm-hmm. a spoiler, but that they delayed the novelization. Like they Did finally they? realized, like, oh, if we ship the novelization now, dude, shit the entire to, thing is spoiled. Yeah, shit like, used to leak like that all the time. Yeah. Don't don't depend on Americans' inability to read. Mm-hmm. I, when shipping out spoilers like that. I Someone rem- will do it and put it on the internet. I remember Revenge of the Sith. A ton of it got spoiled because of the trivia game. They put out, <laughs> they put out like, I think it was Trivial Pursuit. It was a, but it was a Star Anakin Wars... Anakin chokes the following people, true or false. It, it was a Star Wars trivia game that was like so cutting edge. It had clips from Sith in it. Jesus. And so people was like, yep, here's every scene from Sith that matters. Like, I also think it's a, like, could, like that also suggests that like millions of people... like. Maybe thousands of people know what Force Awakens is about, and mm-hmm. they are keep are holding it a secret. Well, they, it, everybody who worked in that Duracell battery commercial has more information than the person running the 
most official Star Wars website. <laughs> and did, did that, you also that see means that? the PA on the commercial and the guy who uploaded yeah, definitely had licensing things spoil stuff I didn't know about. Yeah, it's like oh, have you good. seen that Facebook campaign with uh, of the of the the Star Wars fan who has terminal cancer? Yeah, I think they, they I think it succeeded. Did it happen? I, I haven't seen that update. Well, that's good because I wonder if I. That is great for that guy. Yes. If I were writing a comedy film, <laughs> I would think of somebody who is such a, a jerk and who loves Star Wars so much that he would fake terminal cancer oh, okay. to watch it early. Like I was going to take it the other way. Maybe we can combine them in one coherent script that oh. won't be bought. But uh, <laughs> that, that uh, well, I also have a terminal disease. Me too. Guys, <laughs> there are only 400 seats. How terminally <laughs> ill are you? <laughs> Like and you, you have to swear you take this to your grave. Yes, you can't, you can't tell anybody. No, ooh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. You might live till December. Here's the novelization. I'm sorry, <laughs> you cannot be in this theater. Gotta go. Get you got nine. Here. You got nine months, man. You're good. Exactly. You'll be fine. But there's an amazing part in Shattered Empire where sure. they go. They go to they go to Naboo, mm-hmm. and Leia is on Naboo talking to the queen there, and she doesn't even know that her mom used to be the queen. And then, like, she flies Naboo fighters against a Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. and she even has, like, this kind Same of... Same ships from 50 years before. Yeah, they, they have a very good explanation of why they've been, uh, they've been shuttered for so long. And also, they even talk about things that, like, that George Lucas stopped caring about, that Palpatine is from Naboo. That right. he's from... The, like, they, they mention that, like, oh, yeah, Palpatine has a special interest in fucking up Naboo after he dies. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, because he's from there. That's... That's something the prequels didn't give a shit about. But, <laughs> and and there's also a really cool moment where Leia Leia has like this force reminder, like a force echo that she walks through the door Darth Maul walked through. Mm-hmm. And she just sees a flash of Darth Maul. She's like, what was that? What the... What? And, and also Skywalker, when Luke's in it in the mm-hmm. fourth issue, it's really interesting because you're like, you're it's still up in the air. Some people are saying, oh, is, is Luke a... A Sith? Is he secretly turned evil? I've sadly read almost all those theories. That theory is ridiculous. Honestly, that theory goes too far. And Mm -hmm. it kind of actually annoys me to the level because it's like, hey, Yoda told him if he did this, he'd he'd be evil. And then then in my mind, I think, and then he went back to Yoda and trained for a year. So (laughs) Yoda clearly didn't think he was evil after training him the rest of that year. Yeah, they're like, oh, Luke lied in this scene. I think it wasn't Obi Wan Kenobi lies all the goddamn time. Again, it wasn't. It wasn't until the '90s when like everybody loved Han so much. Growing up, I mean, kids my age were obsessed with Luke. I would be super bummed out on every level of my childhood where he'd be revealed to be the bad guy. I I definitely feel slightly on edge that they're going to like. This thing I realized was all these characters were safe if you never move past Jedi, but if you don't, if you do move past Jedi, mm. then they age and 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 Han Solo breaks his leg while filming the movie, and yeah. he marries Callista Flockhart, and, and turns senile because he's secretly ninety. <laughs> Did you see all the also that news story of Disney is like, yeah, no more Slave Leia, yeah, yeah. bo bo band. I, so I get that it's a boner inducing character and everybody will love her, but I also. I had read this, I think it was some parent saying, mm-hmm. oh, my daughter w- really likes Leia. Why are all the pictures of her chained up in, in a bikini? It's, hmm. it's not, it doesn't stray far from the beaten path of like traditional storytelling of that no, time. Yeah. And I, I'm more curious, like, what are you, what are you more sensitive to, the bikini or the word slave? Slave's not great. I nor think is the chain around your neck. Yeah, I think that they're they're both 
probable that it is. And, well, and also when you think the costume is one she didn't choose to wear. It is. She is forced into that by and the most disgusting it, it, it character. It suggests a lot of other gross things as well because she's been there a while. And it, but, I don't think she let nothing happen. Uh, yeah, you're right. She's in chains. <laughs> she's in chains in a bikini. Had it plenty was like to say. for a day or uh-huh. man, two weeks at most. Uh, I'm cool with like. I also blame Friends. There wasn't a proliferation of fucking slave lay until like '97 or whatever when that episode of Friends did it. You think that Friends is responsible for that? Look, I thought that was always no, an no, iconic no. image. It was an iconic image, but I don't think until the episode of Friends where Ross asked Rachel to dress as Slave Leia for his fantasy. I don't. I think that codified it in the mainstream of like this is hot. I don't feel like cons had. Dozens of slave Leias no. all the time. I'll, I'll also, accept, the cons were not what they are now in 1999. There's, there's that. I'll too. accept a ton of anything you want on these issues, except mm-hmm. for the fact that I love Slave Leia from Friends. That is not. <laughs> that is not my I'm canon. I'm not saying that's a bad scene. This is not my canon. I I always feel bad. Never I, seen it. I felt so. <laughs> it shows you where I fit on the Kinsey scale, but I just felt bad for the ladies I'd seen the Slave Leia costumes at Comic Con because. Several of them was like, you're going commando to get this correct. Yes. And like they're having to like cross the street slowly holding their skirt in front of them. It made me outside. feel bad because my balls turned blue. Yeah, I didn't really. feel comfortable with that joke, nor did I want to even say it out loud when I was halfway through the sentence. I appreciate you trying. I was this. giving it my best. But I don't think that's true. I was giving my best. But it's, yeah, but what about yeah, this slave Leia meetup? Yeah, well, yeah. they can't, I mean... They can't stop it. Star, yeah, Disney can't stop them from doing it. But they also can't have it at their booth, uh, yeah, which is where true. it's usually held. That's true. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure fucking Nerdist... It's just one of those things I see that, like, it. it's just, I'm like, <sighs> I'm so fucking old. Like, yes, also yes, that. yes, yes, I understand how the you millennials feel about this mm. outfit, and I... Well, like, I mean, the, the meetup is like a bunch of girls deciding to meet up yeah. like wanting like let's all participate in this thing and go get a picture taken at the booth and mm. like that's very different from the can- the canon of a character who is like you're in this bikini now in chains wrapped up against a sliming slug all yeah day. it's it's like, that's of, a different thing yeah man chris you're so old you recognize this yeah <laughs> did that make you feel good hearing that old thing oh, it really does i also read darth vader 10 and 11 yeah it's still really good i love like he's Constantly on the verge of getting caught uh, for what he's trying to get, you know, trying to sneak this. Doesn't it totally feel like Breaking Bad? Huh. <laughs> or the shield? Like... Yeah, actually, it really does. It's like Vader is always one step from getting caught, and then as he's about to get caught, like on the other side of the wall is this elaborate scheme to stop him from getting caught. <laughs> and a... then it gets solved the, the last second, and then like there's someone hiding underneath the floorboard or whatever, and they're just like, <laughs> shut up, don't say anything. Uh, it's I like that. It, it's Becky. It's an interesting Kavanaugh. Way, it's an interesting way to make Darth Vader like um, fragile or or in danger. I guess the only thing that breaks it every time is any time you're supposed to kind of remember that he's Anakin uh-huh. because the prequels did such a poor job of connecting Anakin the Sith mm-hmm. to Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. So I just picked the moment I'm, I'm like. Uh, Hayden Christensen. Uh, the and I, you see him remembering how much he loves Padme. Well, like they, yes, they mentioned like man, people really did love Queen Amidala, and he's just a panel where he's just sitting there, and I'm like, at first pass, I read past, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's actually a moment where he, Darth Vader is like stopped for mm-hmm. a second, and I'm just like, God fucking damn it! Like just thinking of Anakin in there is not. <laughs> it, it ruins it. It's not like it's. Uh, I get it. I, I just it. don't like needless explanations for big pieces of lore, which is a whole other issue, but. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, hey, we should take a break. We've been talking so much about new comics. Oh, and my God. I didn't even get to get into the television section, which oh we'll just have goodness. to wait till part two, which also will include the big news of the week and your answers to last week's question of the week. And we'll see you soon. Howdy do, everybody, and uh, thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis, the bestest podcast on Wednesdays, and the Laser Time Podcast Network, and I appreciate all your support, whether it is by listening to this, telling a friend about it, reviewing this on iTunes, and giving this a subscription, or going to lasertimepodcast.com to check out all the cool content we put up there, like the uh, top seven oddest Snoopy things, or... Freddy Krueger's Weirdest Musical Moments. There's so many great things on there you should be checking out all the time. Also, if you wanted to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash laser time and you get so many great extras. Just $5 a month, even more at $10 a month. It really helps us out and it's the best direct way to support the site and help this be our full-time jobs. Also, though, you can buy things on Amazon through the links that are all over lasertimepodcast.com, including this week's episode page, which is also where you'll find links to this week's question of the week. You don't have to buy what we suggest. Buy anything through those links, and a little bit of money comes back our way. And speaking of things you could buy, it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. This week's is Star Wars, because I've just been so dense into Star Wars now. The collection of the miniseries for Princess Leia came out and is so great. It is, It deals with a character, you know, not to say she's underrepresented in the films. She has a lot of stuff to do. But in this book, it deals with a lot of things that didn't get addressed in the film, like how she felt about the destruction of Alderaan, her, how she became, uh, you know, went from being a senator to a princess to a high-level person in the Rebellion. It's a really great book, drawn, written by Mark Wade, drawn by Terry Dodson. It looks great. It reads great. It, she goes to frickin' Naboo. It's amazing. It's a really great book. And it's super cheap on Amazon right now in a physical version, like I think under $10. And it is definitely worth it as you get more and more excited for these new Star Wars movies. Boom, here it is right here, the Princess Leia book worth picking up. So please do that and do that through the link on this week's episode page. And now... Enough talking, back to the rest of the show. For part two of Cape Crisis episode 162. Uh, Will we... there be movie news? <laughs> Will there be television news? <laughs> Tune in now. So there were television shows I watched. Uh, there's too there's too many damn TV shows I got to watch now because I like them. And so stuff. there's there's too many movies. Yep. There's too many comics. No. Yep. Hang on, hang on. Now there's too many shows. No. Hang on. What else can there be too many of? Games. Uh, that won't happen. There's just uh, not enough time, man. No. <laughs> That's I, the problem. You, you factor out, break down the time. I can read every single new 52 issue of Supergirl in the time it takes to watch one episode of the show. There are not too many comics. Yeah. There are not too many movies. It's just like, 
committing yourself to 22 hours plus commercials uh, of, a, of a TV show, for me, it's like, yeah, here Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten better. Mm-hmm. Like, it would take me a full yeah. day to catch up, mm-hmm. and I'm already like Flash more. And I, I really enjoy <laughs> oh, yeah. Flash. I really enjoy mm-hmm. Supergirl. Yeah, I do like Flash. The idea of making more space for both Arrow and S.H.I.E.L.D., which I hear such good things about, and I actually mm-hmm. really want to watch Arrow now because I hear they keep, after the first season, The Flash was mm-hmm. such a success... I hear on Arrow, they're just going like, you know what? He's Green Arrow now, right. and we're mm-hmm. doing more real shit on this show now. Yeah. But but let me get into... Uh, so I did watch the second episode of Supergirl, That's, which... Did you talk about it last week? Uh, no, the first... The pilot was last week. This okay. was a new one every here. week, Chris. I wasn't here. New I didn't know. Yeah, well, just the two I of signed together. up for CBS All Access just to get Supergirl and Star Trek. So this the, didn't happen. The thing I liked about... Uh, well, you can just watch it on the CBS website and just have to be subjected to the exact amount of commercials you'd have to watch if you watched on broadcast. Oh, Jesus, that's so it's many. no fun. But uh, but this it was worth it to watch because the second episode is a great recentering of things. Like the pilot, the pilot has to do so much that part two has to set up the status quo more because right. episode one is just about, it's the hey, job. I'm now Supergirl and here's the training montage mm-hmm. and here's my first fight. I is the, is the pilot two hours or one? Just one. Did okay. you like it? Yeah, I yeah. and I actually enjoyed two more because mm. they're getting into an interesting situation where one, she's having to train herself. Two, they have some very, some very light feminism conversation where Cat Grant says to her, "You have to work twice as hard to be considered." That was shut down. <laughs> what? I thought that sh- site was shut down. Uh, that's Grant. That's Grantland. Never oh, God, I miss Grantland. I they really wrote about comic books, but it was the best website. Wrestling stuff. Their wrestling oh. stuff was the best. Their, their podcast stopped, too, because I'm hoping those two guys will start their own... You know, let's not talk about wrestling more. <laughs> anyway, Supergirl 2 was really good, the second episode, because it also set up her home team more. And I thought the first episode said Superman once, and then never said it again. And this is when they say Superman like a dozen times. And mm. there's this interesting bit where she's constantly being compared to Superman, That's just good. as the viewers would. They'd yeah. Tell, Superman would have done this the right way. Superman would have put out this fire already. Superman would have done this. Like it was. It I was just really wonder it. what they're gonna do with that because like you can't have that weird. He can never show up. But you can't have that weird thing hanging around the show forever. Mm-hmm. Like no, you got to do something. It worked in the mo- movie. No, they can't. No, it didn't work in no. the movie. Is the point? We're mentioning him no, over they, and over again. They can't have Superman. Like because he's a character in the show at that point. Yeah, but if Supergirl hit, that's the other thing. That Supergirl is facing a group of uh, characters that were freed from the Phantom Zone recently, right. so they don't know about Superman that much either. But the thing is, if they they seem to have a big plan, like the, like a season long plan. Sure. If they have a plan that is that big of a problem. Superman's gonna care. Like it yeah. can't just be Superman. Well, that's the other problem. problem is once you establish he's here, it's like, well, when you get to a season cliffhanger level thing, yeah. If it's a big enough thing to end a show of a season, then I don't understand why. Superman Unless they're just gonna have to make up a reason, like, oh, Superman flew away. Like in yeah. five, in ten, in episode ten, they're like, Superman hasn't been seen in weeks. What happened? And she'll say, yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. Though she's taken by surprise by Kryptonite, which I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like. Cal let you down by not telling you what kryptonite was. He <laughs> should have said, oh, there's this thing that will kill you. Oh, there's this one thing you should really know about. Yeah. That and magic, but whatever. Yeah, they, I don't know. I There's not a ton of rules yet for it. There's also a really cool scene where she explains what the S is, what the S means to her. It doesn't mean hope. She has a different explanation. But also, <laughs> dope. Brett, I wanted to play this for you. The Twice in this episode, there's a very distracting voice that... Uh, that is giving you a setup in the episode. Let me play it for you. A dazzling 
display of heroics by the girl of steel now has a grateful national city asking what oil spill whoa watch out metropolis looks like we're about to give you a run for your superhero money i can't believe yeah so and that sound clip that you just heard was me Purred. That was, was Purred. Chris, you don't watch Parks and Rec, but that's Purred Happley, who is the the Kent Brockman of the Parks and Rec yeah. universe. Mm. You heard with Purred. But he's and he also, calls his fans Purdverts. <laughs> but he's also the stupidest person in the entire show. Yeah, he is. Who constantly restates things like the, yeah. he gave he gave E.T. a terrible review because it was unbelievable. Like that's, <laughs> that's why I give this movie two stars. But so uh, the, the thing so I found good. out was that actor... <laughs> He's played a newscaster like eighty times. He his his delivery is so good at getting each individual word across in the perfect tone. So that's why Parks and Rec hired him just to be like, yeah, you're a newscaster. And then yeah. the writers just had more and more fun with him. Though now it feels like it's ruined for me because yeah. he's going back like, I'm going to be newscaster number three again. Yeah. When I now heard his voice, I'm like, play. this can't end seriously. Yeah. Like and he has even, to end with a joke about how his observations are the most literal things. But instead, he's just the exposition machine who huh. goes, well, it looks like the city is starting to like Supergirl more than she they did before. Wow. By the uh, way, he said... I kind of want to watch this show even more now. The address of the city she's based in is called National City, which I believe is a reference to DC's original publisher name. Oh. For the longest time, though they were officially DC Comics to us, even in the 70s, when the artists and writers got paid, they got paid by National Publishing. Mm. Behind the scenes, it was always called National. So... I feel that's a reference of some you know, sort. That's not from the comics then themselves. I I am not enough of a DC Superman expert to know if National City is a real mm. place there. I, I don't recall it. So it's not on Hulu or anything. You have to watch. Got to go to the CBS.com. CBS baby. All Access. All You'll be there for Star Trek anyway, Elson. Uh, we'll I see if Supergirl's still on. So and I also watched. <laughs> I assume it will be because everyone was into it. I also watched Flash episode five, which was really good and introduced uh, more of Zoom and Harrison Wells. And you also got to see more of Earth Two, which is neat. Earth Two does look different from Earth One. It looks like the '40s just kept going, like it's kind of sepia oh, awesome. tone. So it looks and, like Batman the animated series. Oh, yeah, actually, oh. very much like Batman the animated series. Oh. Like a guy, a guy built a a smartwatch, like mm. an i iPhone type smartwatch, but steampunky. And, it looks like it's from Bioshock. Like that's it's it's really interesting. I like the world design for it. So it looks like Soren over California, the planet, <laughs> and, and, and they're getting somewhere with it. They also introduced like Doctor Light in it. Uh, not, oh, oh, Mega, oh, Mega Man. 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 He he predates Capcom's Doctor Light. Though this is a woman. How how is that possible? <laughs> that's more uh, Andre the Giant. Let, let me just say that. Oh, but there's also a bit where a character who in the comics was this terrible character in the 80s named Vibe, who I said, they will. Ne- it, Jeff Johns has been trying to make Vibe cool, but it doesn't work. Vibe's not cool. But you might say he, I'm not vibing on her. Now, Ugh. finally, in the show, he's like, somebody said, you should call yourself Vibe. I wish there had been a moment where he just said, like, that's the stupidest fucking name ever. Like, I'm not calling myself that. I mean, speaking of that, some of those new Uncanny X-Men names are not good. Oh, yeah? Like Gold Balls. Yeah. Like so, I get that he's super weird and yeah, like the the, the power is you know whatever you make gold balls yeah. and it's like that's fine but then it's like oh this person's name is triage and they heal people so I, I don't know do you think that they're tanking it uh, in to be like nobody would make a movie character called gold balls they won't put him in the movies like I, I can, wouldn't be I wouldn't I be surprised I can't even was, well, I, they were all I'm trying to remember when they were all introduced. 
Oh, what? The, the uncanny? They're the, the, they're the that ones. That was like two years ago. Okay. Two, three years ago. But remember, there's that rule that Claremont was shouting about that no new X Men. And that's You can't make new, new. X Men because any new X Men. Any new X Men belongs to Marvel. I, I had to burp. It was so disturbing to me. I also had an. Wait, anom- any new X Men, but what about the old ones? The old ones all belong are part of the deal it's too. But any, if you any, make any new character within X Men, Fox can put it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have to uh, renegotiate for, for you know how Spider Man. It seemed very obvious in the Amazing movies that Marvel only gave you X number of characters, right? And mm-hmm. you're trying to work with them again, and it's not working so great. But because huh. they wouldn't really want to make a Black Cat film, but they agreed to Black Cat as a character sure. 15 years ago. Uh, oh, another uh, an anonymous tipster sent me a similar theory about rights and stuff was that so uh, no you're right supergirl that was a great video uh, but supergirl no, has gone by a lot of different names in the books like in her secret identity in the show her name is so her real name is Kara Galgado her real name is Kara Zorel mm-hmm. and in the comics she's sometimes gone by the last name of Danvers so in the comic oh, right. so in the show she is Kara Danvers. Yeah, really? Yeah. Now that is very close to Carol Danvers. Yeah. Captain Marvel, the one who will star in a movie in a couple years. Yeah, and so I'll believe it when I see it. The anonymous tipster thinks that it was uh it's it could be DC just trying to F with Marvel to just make, that movie to have make like, the name more famous before. Does that movie the, still have like negative movement on it? I mean, they didn't it, cast it, anyone in humans is more negative yeah. movement, I think. It is actually moving backwards in time. Well, um, we talked about that here, didn't we? I can't remember. What? Did that, it got and humans disappearing altogether. Yeah, it got pushed to like 2020 ish. It's it's odd. Which well, I think, yeah, when they did that, the, I think Shield is just like, you know what, you guys just the, have the it new anymore. rumor this week was that they're getting rid of Iron Fist, or was that last week? I don't yeah, know the rumor was they might replace Iron Fist with Moon Knight that or was Punisher the, or Punisher. Yeah, that Punisher will be the fourth Netflix Marvel series. It should do Punisher. It's almost like they shouldn't announce four things in a row <laughs> at the same time. Are you sure? Well, well we have even, to make this announcement in an hour, so yeah, we have to do this a decade ahead of time. The stockholders need to know. I was kind of looking forward to an Iron Fist show. I think that works. No, that would work way better in a show. Well, they started setting it up already in Daredevil. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, the rumor was that he would it would be a Netflix movie and not a uh, 10 to 13 episode series. Oh, and also the TV show I watched was Ash vs. Evil Dead, the first episode, which... I did watch that. In a, what do you think about it? In a weird, like, linked through Twitter official stars app yeah. video player. They're just giving it away because it's, it's basically just them saying, like, Hey, stars is a thing. We have we have lots of shows, guys. You will never get me to buy cable and then buy stars. Why not? Where else are you going to watch Romeo and Juliet and Joanna Man? <laughs> are you going to buy stars? All <laughs> this is maniacal. Like, or not maniacal. It's just like it's it's bordering on insanity to me. Of like, I, I think we have a great new show. Do you think I'm going to pay for cable? I'm and tr- then I'm, on and then your channel on top of that horseshit. I'm trying to imagine my buddy. He makes good money. Lives in Atlanta. Has got a bunch of kids. Doesn't get to go out very often. And an Evil Dead show. Would you pay ten dollars, like t- upwards of ten dollars a month, to watch one show? Mm. Period. And I can see. I'm like. I can maybe if it was like a Star Wars show, he'd say yes. Yeah, no, I can totally see like on its own if it was like, hey, much like CBS All Access, I'm like, hey, it's a thing. I'm like, I will pay it to watch Star Trek because it means that much to me. And Ash vs. Evil Dead is one of those Just, things that's in that wheelhouse. Somebody called that a Trojan horse of terrible shit because all CBS Access <laughs> has is a bunch of stuff you, Brett Elston, would never oh, be remotely believe interested me, in watching. I already looked. CSI Cyber. 
Are you going to watch CSI wow. Cyber? Two, not, and half, two and a half men back issues? Not unless it is demanded by the listeners. <laughs> well, he's not the, over 50, so I don't, yes. see him, I don't see him watching that. But no, it's more just like, I, that seems I so would cool want to watch Ash but it's like, I'm not going to get cable and stars mm-hmm. to watch any of these shows. Same thing with Jon Stewart goes to HBO. Great, I'll watch the YouTube clips, because that's the only one I'll ever see. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how we watch John Oliver. They just post it yeah, there. Like, which is fine. Like, no. they get their ad money, it's great. But, like, yeah. anyway, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. I like I, that Ash is a fat loser. And I, like I liked the, him as a fat loser. The thing I didn't like is that his grossness was, like, rewarded at the end. To a degree. Like, well, he like he came off as, like, oh, he's the weird loser who hits on girls, like, half his age. And mm-hmm. it's like, haha. Whatever. But then at the end, it's like, told you to change your mind. Well, and it's I, like, see, if you just... I, I read the ending as the classic, we have to remind this guy how great he is. And he has to be a hero again. And he's been slumming it for 20 years. Right. And now it's time for him to get his shit together and save the day. Like, Well, yeah, that's uh, that's the crux of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all fine. It was just that specific interaction with her where yeah. she's like, told you to change your mind. And she's got to be like, oh, you... It's like, come on, I don't... I don't oh, know. oh, that bit especially where yeah. he like he hits on her and is just going... She still should have been grossed out by it and be like, yeah, you saved me, but I'm not turned on. Like, yeah, I that, still wouldn't have sex with you. Like, that's what I expected was for her to be like, uh, no, we're not there yet, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, some kind of snappy comeback that Ash would also have to deal with and, did, and like, laugh see, off or something. But, like, yeah. But Otherwise, yeah. it was... And seeing uh, Sam Raimi's, like, directional style, yeah. directorial style was great. Yeah. I love that. No, it was... It was fun i'm trying to think mm-hmm. of anything specific uh ah, just super violent like mm-hmm. i loved it, him smashing the stuff on his face that was great like that was very yeah, evil dead that was very yeah. evil dead yeah and just seeing the flashback like yeah that, that was, was cool for some reason that really worked for me i like saw, I, I saw some evil dead fans saying like finally it's back in continuity that all his friends died not just his girlfriend mm-hmm. like some, for some reason, I thought it included Army of Darkness in this timeline, it does but not. I guess it doesn't. That belongs to Universal, not to Renaissance <laughs> Pictures, so that's also why he works at Value Shop uh, or whatever, not, not S-Mart. S-Mart. Not Shop Smart, Shop S-Mart. Oh, well. Well, speaking of watching things, guys, did you watch uh, Deadpool's Halloween video yeah yeah it got it uh, so right it brett you seem to not i saw it on laser time podcast ah. facebook laser time dot biz yeah <laughs> facebook.com slash laser time podcast it was a great video the the short version is ryan reynolds dressed up in deadpool costume on halloween the and, target one it looks like shit it was his real one and it's yeah. an amazing costume yeah, it's, it it's such a good costume but he's hanging out with a bunch of kids who dress as x-men which First off, like we all know, it's actors. It's it's a publicity thing, but it just felt slightly unnatural to me because like no kid wants to be Beast. What kid really wants <laughs> to? I yeah. would have loved to have been Beast. I would have. I would have much preferred if like he'd really if they were really saying f you, he'd be like telling a kid dressed as Spider Man to fuck off or like Captain America, you're right. gay. That's he'd have done that. But it was pretty funny. This was my favorite line from it. What does this suit look like to you, huh? Does it look like a, a leprechaun had sex with a cartoonist? Mystique, drop and give me 20. I just like it's it like he's, he's flipping the bird while they're all staring at the camera, and he's just like, don't look back, kids. Don't look Do back. not turn Do not around. That was that was cute. It was it was a cute video. It was just a behind-the-scenes thing. I don't, I don't mm. even know. Is he doing all this on his own? I think he at least has a... I mean, he's like... I think he's a producer this, on the You can film see it too, on Ryan but... Reynolds... YouTube account. That's yeah. where it went first. I, I mean, I think he is trying to lean into and own it a lot as a person, but what? I mean, I, at the end of the day, the Fox has to be like, yeah, that's fine. Well, I also think that like Reynolds, Reynolds is an interesting position where 
could he could be blamed for tanking like a billion dollars supposed to be trilogy of Green Lantern. That of all the things that could be his wrong with Green it was, Lantern, it's yes, not his yeah. fucking fault. But he could be blamed for it, and he like how could he, he, might he be blamed be for this it? This is his last chance to have a blockbuster film. Yeah, that I think involved. I think that's probably it. Yeah, if this if this can't pull it off because it's like but i wonder like and i also feel pretty sure that he's the guy who or somebody he knows is the person who leaked mm, it like sure. De- deadpool wouldn't exist if he hadn't if someone hadn't leaked that video. i still think i don't think it's planned so yeah, i think it was just planned by, by fox from yeah it's a total people outside of fox who wanted to make the movie happen and fox was cooling its heels on it i i think fox was in on it you think so yeah. it was an inside job i think, it was I think they were like yeah comic-con's a great time to Leak. leak. Yes, it was perfect. It was too perfect. Yeah. Blur Studios isn't going to leak it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, either way, the point is, like, it. I, mm. I just hope that this all, like, yeah, you're going to finally get that Deadpool movie, but, I mean, we say this every time there's the kind of, it's not, you know, Deadpool has more name recognition than either Guardians or Ant-Man did going into their movies, and they both cleaned up. Yeah. So. I think it'll be a success. He should theoretically perform well, uh, but it is rated R, so that will automatically cut into your... Shit, like yeah. that's proven. Like, you but can't... it's got to be R. It can't not. Yeah, be. it has to be R. I, I totally agree. And I think they're going to do right by it. It's yeah. just I don't know that it's going to make two hundred million dollars. And also, the Colossus is in it. I can't wait for that. That too. is like, cool. Really excited about that. And uh, oh, oh, speaking of Fox and its uh, business machinations, Rupert Murdoch gave he, he blamed they were like oh we fell short of this. It was Fantastic Four's fault. Like. I can't see it. Like, yeah, it must be partially to Brian, but I think FF is getting scapegoated just slightly. Yeah, they just, said they, they they stand to lose eighty million dollars, and like, but it made one hundred and seventy million worldwide yeah. as a bomb in a movie <laughs> no one liked, a film nobody liked that was full like, of. Maybe product you're placements. just really bad at your jobs, and good job firing all the National Geographic yeah, staff boy, moment after boy. acquisition. Rupert Murdoch, the moment really after. Know what you're doing. God. Boy, this week sucked for people wanting to get paid to write things, huh? <laughs> or take pictures or be a journalist Why, in any way. Well, Grantland and, oh, and Grant National Land, Geographic. Yes. Yeah. Those are both pretty big closures. Hey, they should have had a Patreon. <laughs> I look forward to the Patreons for all the Grantland Millionaires writers. don't want to pay writers. Sure don't. They'd, ra- they'd rather play pay Skip Bayless like $8 million a year just go like, Oh, Nelly. I don't know who that is. He's he's a commentator. He's he's an idiot commentator on like ESPN, and they're paying him a shitload of money. But he, like a half of his salary could just pay for Grandland's existence. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Oh, there was the preacher trailer too that premiered during I the Walking seen Dead. That yet. Honestly, it's like it wasn't enough details. One, there wasn't enough details. Two, it is the the preacher comic is so specifically in the '90s. They have mm-hmm. to change a lot of stuff for it to be contemporary. Mm-hmm. And three. A show about Preacher that can't use the word fuck or any words above fuck, mm-hmm. that's not Preacher. That's mm-hmm. not what I think of Preacher. It is the swearingest thing ever. And it's so it's a it's it just looks so different. And also it's really hard for me. I wish they I don't know who I would have cast as the lead, Jesse Custer, the preacher, but I just feel that the guy who played Howard Stark in Captain America and Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. He's maybe too shrimpy to be Jesse Custer. That's 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 my feeling. I'll maybe I'll be proven wrong in the film in the Prove show. Prove me but... wrong, children. Prove when me wrong. When does Agent Carter come back? The January? Like... I think it's a January. Yeah, it's one of those like uh, I never finished that. Club. It's good. I, no, I, I love the first four episodes. Isn't it on Netflix yet? It, I think it's on Hulu. Eh. 
Like no, like the last time I checked, I have to like, watch two commercials. No, the last time I checked, like only five episodes were on Hulu. I want to. Well, yeah, it'll only it. be the most recent five. Yeah, that's some bullshit. Yeah, they, they will put the whole thing up there. Well, let's get in the community uh, question of the week answers. Ooh. Well, Chris, last week we asked, "What is your who?" Or sorry, who is your favorite person in comics to follow on Twitter? Mm, that uh, was do last you, week. Do you happen to have one, Chris? Um, werewolf butt stuff. Mm, oh yeah, <laughs> he's gone. He's gone, man. What is he? Matt Fraction. Yeah, he he quit. Uh, he, I forget why. I think it was he was sick of the harassment on Twitter. And I I don't check Twitter that often as much as I should anymore. Uh, just out of mm-hmm. the nature of being busy. Um, I always found it. I, I followed a bunch of comic people for a while, but they're constant like. Repo, like automatic repost from Tumblr, like almost every comic writer. I had, yeah, there's like it was like an unfinished sentence. Dot dot dot. Yeah. Go to Tumblr and like to get all the context. Like this doesn't work for me. I've stopped following you. Chip Zdarsky is really funny and oh, he's he, he, he his tweet this week is just making me think of like I swear we're not boyfriend and girlfriend. It's like him and Matt Fraction traveling the world together alone <laughs> and taking adorable uh, pictures together. I felt great today. Dan Slot favorited a tweet I sent what? to him. It was so great. Uh, so Sam Iel was the first to respond, saying, "Hi, I am we going. Play. I'm going with Chris Straub, a, a webcomic artist known for Starship, Chainsaw Suit, and the most recent comic, Brood Hollow. Uh, I followed Chris on Twitter for his great dry humor, thoughts on the medium of comics, and the horror genre. He also posts some very funny vines and has a second Twitter account called New Year's Jokes, where he <laughs> tries and fails to tweet a good joke every New Year's Eve." <laughs> <laughs> That is like no pressure. I got to do something like that. An annual joke. Uh, Triscuitable. <laughs> well, I have a I have a running thing where I've done it. I think four years in a row now. Mm-hmm. Every May first, I share the uh, Jonathan Colton song about the first of May. I say like, "Hey guys, it's May You're first. You know what that means?" I do it anytime there's a new moon on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Duran Duran song, "New Moon on Monday." I'm, wow. I'm being serious. If you had stars, wow. new moon airs all the time. No, <laughs> new moon on Monday. <laughs> I, I, I think I'll make I'll make a habit out of um, what I did on the Facebook group, which just send mm-hmm. out that picture of Back to the Future Day every October fifteenth <laughs> from now. Oh my God! It's the day Marty and Doc travel to. Uh, get get ready twenty sixteen because everybody's going to make that joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I got it this time, and no one even seemed to care that it was. The, it said hour sixty nine in it. I can't believe like anybody bought into this. They did not travel to People hour sixty nine. People don't look to the sides, man. They, uh, Triscuitable said Mark Wade. He's my favorite yeah. SJW. Such a swell dude. Uh, Keegan, the Canadian, says, Gotta be that funny Canuck Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. Besides being a fun artist and writer, he's funny on social media and great at interacting with fan Chips Ahoy! <laughs> and John Wahizzle, good old John Wahizzle, who, thanks again for that poster, John, mm-hmm. uh, has a great response. You're all going to laugh at me, but Rob Liefeld. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not a fan of his work, but I'm a fan of of his Twitter account. It's fascinating. He's obsessed with movies, comics, and sports, and tweets about all three nonstop. My brother says it's like following the biggest jock and the biggest nerd from your high school at once. (laughs) Uh, And when he goes off on a subject, he really goes off and tells you things he shouldn't. It's an honest, if a little one-sided, look at the comic industry from the creator's standpoint. Hmm. And his responses to people who tell him he can't draw are hilarious. A love song says Brian Lee O'Malley of Scott Pilgrim fame. Oh, yeah. Most of the time he just posts beautiful nonsense such as Steve Jobs in theaters now. And my favorite James Bond would probably be Sean Shonery. And then Awkward Loser says, 
Mm-hmm. For me, it's easily Gail Simone. Uh, for the record, I don't count Paul Shear as a comic writer, despite him writing comics. Mm. Uh, it's because I'm weird. The uh, because I'm weird. The only things I read are Rockstar autobios <laughs> and comics by Gail Simone and Ed Brubaker, uh, and they're literally my favorite recurring writers. Gail Simone mm. has been holding it down since Everybody's- I was a kid, mm-hmm. and she manages to preach a positive message without being ham-fisted and without refusing and without refusing to understand those who disagree with her she she's just the best i'd gay marry her ass so fast get a gay divorce and make her pay me gay alimony just so i could gay marry her all over again oh my god gay alimony has to be so lucrative so wait there's four gays so does it negate at all and i guess yeah they all they one and two negate if it's even then they negate each other yeah oh man so it's back to straight uh so this week's question of the week since I was complaining about Preacher and it not being accurate, and that worried that that might affect it, like, how, to what degree does the accuracy of a comic book adaptation matter to you? Because we also saw <laughs> the first pics of Doctor Strange and Cumberbatch and Doctor mm. Strange, and he's not wearing a giant cape. I, I know. It's, yeah, I, he yeah. better be in a cape by the end. But it, to me, almost not at all now. There's a lot of things that work very well on the page, and... Just as an example and a plug, Brett's here, like, we was here today, so we streamed a Star Trek game. Right. And those games are so accurate to Star <laughs> Trek terminology, it makes it, like, unapproachable. Like, you would have to be a giant fan to wade through all this garbage. Yeah, you can't It, it get... is not a good adaptation yeah. because it's so literal. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I could think of a better example for, com- like, what's a good well, I think it's something for, like, the, I think for some reason my mind always goes to the Spawn movie. Yeah? Where it was like, I, I haven't watched it in years, mm-hmm. but at the time I remember thinking, like, this is actually okay. Mm-hmm. And then when I watched it again like years after that, which at this point has been many years before mm-hmm. or since, uh, I still felt like, you know, this... I still put this above most of the other pre-2000 com- yeah. comic book movies. But one of the big things is like the cape. It was always like, oh, we're going to do the cape. The cape is impossible. Mm-hmm. We weren't able to make Spawn's cape until computer technology yeah. caught up with it. So then they go to all Spawn. this trouble to make a CG cape and it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know... That where it's tough because the cape is so much part of what he does. Yeah. But the, the leaps they would go to to make... No, his cape is just always CG and it comes out of him. Like, I didn't have a problem with it, but it, it is a weird case of like, we're going to make this accurate, but it's going to be super weird. Todd McFarlane's cape is like... He loves drawing those capes yeah. to... The, the cape could be whatever size he needed yeah. it to be. and. It also felt like sometimes in the early issues he just forgot to draw the cape, and mm. he, he, there, I feel like there would be lines to say like it's a magic cape. It, yeah. it comes out whenever you feel like it. Yeah. Though I also remember when the film came out, there were I remember like reading in Wizard Comics or Wizard Magazine, they said like the film's almost out, but it got a delay because they got more money to make more cape effects. They, were gonna, <laughs> they shot a lot of it no cape, and right. so yeah, and they go back. That's why I savored every cape shot. Like it ends on a hero shot, you know, it's the a classic good shot. hero shot. Yeah. No, it that, that also that Violator is as disgusting as yeah. he was in the comics. Like that he's just walking around like basically dwarf. Like <laughs> Lake Wazamo becomes dwarf to be. Oh man, it looks so painful for him to be squatting yes. down like that the whole time. And he he was good. Like he's obnoxious and annoying mm-hmm. and like crude as hell, farting all the time. Uh, but what what? The, I mean, a lot of the comics movies back then were were. I don't know. There's such a wide range. It's like Catwoman, which is like nothing Ridiculous. matters at all, mm. and this is no bearing at all. And the name is the name is all there is, and it's so it's like 
this is obviously the wrong end to go. <laughs> Uh, and then now you have this case where they're they're comfortable enough, and audiences have been trained enough mm-hmm. through years of sci-fi on TV, everything from X Files to Next it's Gen a beautiful to, time. to it's a beautiful time, moving on and on from you know Lost and just whatever. Like people are super mainstream is used to this, and not to mention all kids of the eighties and nineties grew up, and now we are obsessed with games and comics. So. Supernatural shit is not this impossible, impenetrable thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before, you could only really have like, yeah, Star Wars and Star Trek are really big, and that's kind of it as far as like mass market success. Now it's like, no, all of it can be the the, the particulars of Iron Man may change, mm-hmm. but like who he is and how he feels on the screen and the co- uh, poses he'll strike. It's like that's all right. Like, yeah, and that's really all I'm after is like if you got to change some stuff to make it like X Men 2000 is an interesting one where. Mm-hmm. Oh, no one will buy those costumes, so they're all in Matrix leather. And it's, and it's like, Ugh, that's yeah. a weird concession to make. At the time, we are all like, yeah, that's probably correct. And it's like, no, there probably was a solution. And But they just went with the easiest thing. They went with they, the easiest thing. And it's like, yeah. but the, the dynamic was correct, so the movie still worked. Like, the soul was still fine. What about something like Spider-Man that would... I don't think it, many people complained about his web being biologic. A biological. I whined result. a lot about it, but uh, yeah. hey, but on that end, the amazing movies were much more accurate. And how did mm. they do? How did that accuracy well, feel? But see, that was the thing where they were accurate with like, yeah, he's a better scientist, with, but with superficial things that don't matter. Yeah, but then like the soul of it turned into this very dour, sad. Well, thing. also as the you were born a secret spy, Peter. As, as the people Jeez. behind the scenes have said, that got edited to shit by sure. Sony, like the. The plot didn't make any sense. It probably had a bad plot that made sense or a worse plot that made sense. And instead they had a bad plot that made no sense. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to accuracy, I'm cool with the... As long as it's the spirit, not yeah. the letter of the law. But I always appreciate when it's closer in spirit than not. Yeah. But when it comes to TV shows, I am loving mm. that maybe it's just that special effects are cheaper now or they have bigger budgets or whatever. That they can, they just do all this stuff they couldn't do before, and they can just be like, "No, we're full on super." Like I was, you go, but I feel like you can't even watch fucking Smallville now because you're just, <laughs> you're just waiting. Like they're just dancing around yeah. doing anything. Well, it's too expensive. Like super. you can't and that too. Yeah, can't be Superman in a show. But every instead, week. he has to be the Blur, the the guy who does super things that you can't see. <laughs> that's literally what. Like that's season eight of that dumb show, man. I uh, hated that, but. I, I like that they're getting better at it, though. Also, it is getting more expensive. It's still pretty expensive. I had heard the Supergirl pilot, the pilot alone, $15 million. Whoa. $15 million. Holy shit. That is, that is my, I think maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was approaching that. I just remember yeah. Lost being like, the most expensive pilot ever at five. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's ten years that for you, a decade man. ago. Yeah. Time goes forward, doesn't it? Just as we ask you to go forward to the forums... Nice. ...and answer nice. this week's question of the week about... How how do you feel about the accuracy of things? Does it matter to you or not? Tell us in the forums, and we'll read our favorite answers on next week. And uh, there'll be a link to it on this week's episode page, which you'll find at lasertimepodcast.com, where you'll find so many things. Like what? Well, hey, why don't I tell you? Or what else, Laser Chris? Time, that's up yeah. this week. Uh, another Diana-helmed episode, which uh. is uh, the worst movies Based on TV shows, live action edition. We've kind of only tackled the subject from an uh, animated perspective mm-hmm. in four other shows because that's the way my brain works. But uh, Diana, like trying to figure out what are the worst movies based on TV shows. You, if you've heard of these, you saw them once on a mm-hmm. on a blockbuster shelf and never thought about them again. Yeah. It's excited to bring 
Car 54, where are you back in the forefront? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, I believe uh, one of our readers, I think Landon, was defending um, defending Dukes of Hazzard. Like, I like Dukes of Hazzard. You were probably at the age where you would like. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember like, I've heard it's okay. Jessica Simpson and Daisy Duke. Yeah, we, again, like, we're going Ooh. off Rotten Tomatoes, so like, yeah, how right, we yeah. feel about a movie doesn't feed into that at all. Well, that's what got me so riled up about the Transformers animated movie. Are you still uh, on that? I, I, can't, I can't believe you would even go along with that. <laughs> we're, we're talking Gene Siskel didn't like it. A long-dead reviewer didn't like the movie. Of, yeah. There is no parallel universe where he would. <laughs> but that's, uh, well, that's what I like about Rotten Tomatoes. Unfortunately, it's weighted towards top critics who are old as fuck, but it's mm-hmm. also weighing in new critics and people who do reviews now of old movies. Uh, also, there's a ton of great shall con- rise. There's a bunch of great content on lasertimepodcast.com, such as oh, God, yes. my write-up of the seven odd Snoopy things uh, the world has forgotten, which includes... Please, guys, you have to go to it to just hear the song and learn about Snoopy versus Osama. It is one of the worst things ever, and yeah. it's a relatively legitimate Snoopy creation. He he kills Osama bin Laden. The song Snoopy. ends with Snoopy saving Snoop. Charlie Brown it's and shooting Osama Snoopy bin Team Laden. Snoopy Team Six, I think. No. <laughs> This was written in 2006, which is also a weird time for a Zero Dark Snoopy. Like, it's like five years removed from 9-11, so it's like, if you're casting it on 9-11, like, you waited too long, buddy. But also, it's like, now it's too dated because Bin Laden's been dead for a while, so we don't even care about it. He's not a lightning rod anymore. It's... It's amazing. I've never gotta... heard of this, and it's it's yeah. fascinating to a Peanuts fan like me. Because we also streamed... The, did I say that already? We streamed no. the Snoopy's Flying Aces game. Yeah. Snoopy has a crazy history with games in that they are kind of good. <laughs> yeah, Strangely it's good. And uh, and Brett joined us for a special Star Trek stream because mm-hmm. he was so jazzed about the Star Trek TV show. Yeah, we streamed to... He jazzed all over the place. The 16-bit... Uh, <laughs> did you know that the official name, the genre... The genre of music the cantina plays in Star Wars? Jizz. jizz. Yeah. <laughs> it's live jizz. Just we saying. all know that. Uh, Just saying. Uh, oh, and also VG Empire, speaking of music. Uh, VGEmpire.com, the video game music podcast. We just wrapped up a month of Mega Man episodes. Uh, classic, October. Classic Mega Man. Uh, we did 1 through 10, Mega Man and Bass, Mega Man... Wiley Wars was the other one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was all classic, which still leaves us to do uh, X Battle Network episodes in the future. There's so much more music there to check there's, out. But. There's always more video game music. I hope. And this, like, there's always more video games, which gets talked about in Video Game Apocalypse this week, Ooh. though I was not on it, but I'm sure it was a great one. I was. I can't remember anything I said. Um, <laughs> so it's every other day. Mm-hmm. Ah, no, it was, it was a top five that Michael came up with. Um, Home bases? Home bases, yeah. Mm, um, was Monte Rigioni the, the top one? Uh, which one? Monte Rigioni. No, no. The Villa was... It, but it might be in there. Mm-hmm. Number one is probably... Uh, you can guess it based on you how, know what, how actually, they came up with the criteria. This episode goes up before that, so I don't want to spoil it for him. But guys... Go, you, you can listen to that, and we stream again. We stream every week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three p.m. Check that out on Twitch, all that cool stuff. But we got a lot of cool things brewing in the on the back burner, guys. Get ready for them. Tell your friends. Oh, and Talking Simpsons, fuck. Also, yeah, Talking Simpsons. Talking Simpsons. Uh, three eyes in. Uh, wait, wait. Two cars in every garage and three eyes on every fish. This is not the, an easy title. This is where the shows. I, I'm. I just. I'm trying to not make them excruciating. I love the Halloween episode so much, I started taping every episode of The Simpsons and watching them every day. Yeah. Uh, at least through the third season. Yep. And that's when... It started with this episode, so I know it so well. I, I haven't the, watched it in forever. The Blinky one, I remember watching over and over and over Blinky. again. My new it's, favorite character in that whole episode... 
Charles Darwin. Like, yeah. wouldn't you like to grow a third arm? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no. Ah, uh, boy. So much great going on. 1990. Uh, so many great things going on at Laser Time Podcast. Uh. Don't you want to be part of the Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash laser time? Anyway, until next time. Excelsior! Excelsior!